got into the industry, R134A was was brand new. Yeah. For HVAC, and um, R123 and R R22 were, you know, it was like they were going to be phased out tomorrow. And half of my career, they were still around. So it's yep. Nowadays, that's gone. You know, change will happen very quickly. What's up, trade crew, and welcome to this special edition of the HVAC R&D Podcast. Originally recorded live at the Chicago AHR Expo Podcast Pavilion on Tuesday, January 23rd of 2024. Thank you to Sal Brunetto from Bosch Home Comfort USA for sharing his time and expertise to discuss the future of hydronics and Bosch inverter technology in the A2L market space that is fast approaching. The crowd support and participation was phenomenal, and I cannot thank the trade crew enough for showing up and showing out. So without further ado, it's time for y'all to enjoy the show. Let's get it going. Yeah, come on. So, I will say what's up, Chicago, Chicago trade crew, as we always say for HVAC R&D. Say welcome to this special AHR live edition of the HVAC R&D podcast, hosted by me, Ryden Atzenhofer. I also go by HVAC Rhino on Instagram. And HVAC R&D stands for Research and Development and the Pursuit of Building a Better, More Knowledgeable Community of HVAC Tradespeople by Learning from the Past to Help Us All Be Better for the Future. We are based out of North Carolina. This is our second live AHR trip as part of the podcast pavilion. We were in Atlanta if you saw us last year, so thanks for listening. We are powered by Keystone Sales and Associates, the premier PHVAC manufacturers rep in the Mid-Atlantic. Additionally, we are supported by our platinum sponsor, One Thing Marketing, your trusted marketing partner for helping you make your business successful through all means possible. Reach out, schedule a meeting with them today through their link in the HVACRD.com vendor hub. We're also grateful to be part of the 2024 AHR Workforce Development Program. We were supported by Bosch for that, which is why I have my friend Sal here. I'll introduce him very shortly. But we worked with the local Prosser Career Academy in high school here, which is a local high school with a dedicated HVAC program, helping to bring the next group of tradespeople into the industry. If you're not following us online, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at hvac.rnd. You can also find us on LinkedIn, TradeHounds, and Facebook as the HVAC R&D Podcast. You can listen to our shows every week on your favorite streaming platform, whether it be Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, or one of another 20 different streaming platforms. Please find us, follow us, like and rate the show, leave us a review, share us with your trade crew. And if you want to work with us or if you're interested in being a sponsor or sponsoring a one-off show, please contact us through the website contact form, hvacrd.com. 
or if you have any card information or want to touch base with me after the show, please come up. I'd love to network with you and introduce ourselves. Also, you can go visit the website, go to the swag shop, use discount code AHR for 25% off all of our stuff. We got hats, we got shirts, we got beer pong kits. We have a good old time in this industry because that's what we're here for, right? So, shameless self-plug over because, <laughs> you know, we have to do that. I would like to introduce a very good friend of mine, say a very good fast friend of mine, Mr. Sal Brunetto from Bosch. So Sal's been in the HVAC industry for the last 19 years, since 1995. He started with Carrier after earning his degree in mechanical engineering from Syracuse. He's also worked for Train, Will McLean, and Ream. And along the way, he also earned an MBA and is a certified energy manager he is currently the national sales manager for Bosch Home Comfort, managing the hydronic portfolio. So, Sal, thank you very, very much for joining me. Thanks and, for uh, having me. Yeah, what let's get it going. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's it's been uh, it's been quite a show. How's, how's your show going so far? I know you're super busy with all sorts of media stuff. And what you're doing? What's What's funny is I felt I overbooked myself very heavily in Atlanta. So I came here scheduling two shows, not thinking I was overbooked, and I swear I've barely gotten to like 10 booths. Because um, <laughs> you just start seeing people you know and you catch up, and it just it happens that way. It's always cool to come to this because you get to see everybody that you haven't seen for a year. But right. by the time you're done catching up, you realize half your day is over, <laughs> and you're way behind. When did you get in? When, when did you arrive in Chicago? So uh, my wife and I came in a little bit early. We didn't do anything for our anniversary in November, and we've both always wanted to go to the Field Museum. So we showed up on uh, we showed up late Thursday afternoon. Went to the Field Museum on Saturday. Went out and played tourist a little bit because we always like to do that anywhere we go. Um, and then it's as of Saturday night, it was it was on. Had the company party and then the Bosch party and all the different parties. And here you go. Did you see that big uh, dinosaur? What's that dinosaur called? The Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, at the field. So Sue. Sue, that's right. So funny story about that. That was one of the main reasons we had to go really? to the field museum. So when my wife was very little, her grandfather got her a Sue T-shirt when wow. she was a little kid. Wow. Um, he later passed away, unfortunately, when she was really young. So she has always wanted to come and see it. Oh, that's just great. kind of as a little memento to her past. So that was pretty cool to go do. That, that's really good. I don't know if the shed uh, aquarium is still around, but that's a it's a really great aquarium if you have time. I know I had a customer who he and his wife were up here, and she has been at the aquarium all day. Oh, okay. So it's still it's <laughs> so good yeah. to hear it's so still yeah. operational. Yeah. It's been yeah, around it's, a long time. Yeah, it's still over there. And if you're going to do that or the field museum, you do not have time to do it in a day. I'll just say that <laughs> that's real right. quick. That's right. But what about you? When did you get here? So I got in a uh, Sunday afternoon, and um, I kind of, you know, uh, got in. Uh, flight was good. Uh, you know, we. It's funny. I live in uh, in the Atlanta area, and uh, it was uh, 15 degrees when I left Georgia. I landed here, and it was 14 degrees, and that's just not <laughs> supposed to happen. That no, way. no, it's not. So uh, I, I got in, and uh, I stopped by the booth, and I, I got to tell you the. The, the workers, the, the people, the, the, the firm that sets up our booth does such an amazing job. I was over there Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, 
And I, I looked at the booth and I said, this thing is not going to be ready for another week, <laughs> let alone tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, I walk in. Um, luckily, I don't have to do any of it. Uh, I, I would still be working on it <laughs> if it was up to me. But uh, I walk in Monday morning, lo and behold, it just it looks incredible. Um, it, the, just the, the time and effort and planning that goes into that, the yeah. engineering plans that are drawn up uh, for this thing. So they, they, they really do a great job, and um, it's just amazing. And it's really nice to be part of that, you know, to just really come in, you know, put the uniform on and, and really tackle the day. And it's a yeah. full day, it's a full day uh, as you know, and... Um, we're, we're really grateful to all the people stopping by the Bosch booth this week, and uh, we have a lot to talk about. A yes, lot to show. absolutely, absolutely. Lots of cool new products, which we'll get into as we kind of get into some of this. So luckily at this point, you don't have to deal with the, the crates and the displays and all that. You just you get to go out there and, and be the man. Luckily, <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would lose half of the stuff if it was up to, if it was up to me. But it's it's such an incredible production, um, just containers of stuff coming in we have um not to uh really pull the the cloak back too much but we have like some fake garden areas in our booth and so you have to bring in everything from mulch to stones and and it's just pallets of stuff coming in fake trees and things like that and it's it's just an incredible undertaking well you're offsetting your carbon footprint right <laughs> I, I would hope so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know what we're doing with that but uh, so it's, it's a lot of work so tell me tell me how you got to bosch you've got a lot of industry background we can get into some of that i'll kind of let these guys know what i do as well but we'll start with uh that's a good question you know i um I, um, I, was in, I was studying mechanical engineering at Syracuse University, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, there was a guy, and I, I, I hope he's still around. Maybe he's even here this week. His name was Terry Hampton. He was at Carrier, and he stopped by the, the career center at school. And, um, and he said, you, do you know what a chiller is? And I said, yeah, um, like that thing in the hallway that you drink water from? He's like, no, no. <laughs> he goes, let me show you. He pulled out a brochure for a carrier chiller. And um, he said, what we do is we talk to engineers and architects, uh, and we try to get products like this specified. And it clicked with me. I said, you know, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to I wanna do something with engineering, but I want to do something with product and sales and marketing. And um, I just, I thank him every day because he got me into a, a, an incredible industry. And I've been very fortunate to have a, a really good career. So I started, you know, as you said, I'm from Syracuse University. I mean, I'm from Syracuse, New York. And um, Carrier was headquartered up there back in the day from the, from the early days. Um, they've since now moved to uh, Charlotte. But um, got me into the into the business so I got into the business with uh, with carrier and uh, they immediately sent me to Manhattan to the New York City <laughs> and threw me right into the fire and I, I learned the hard way and this was pre-internet which was really good because we've truly had you know we had binders and, and, yep. uh, and, yep. and documents and, and files that went back to the 70s and you know New York City everything that's ever been invented is has been installed there and probably replaced 15 times over 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 the decades so I got a real education in, in uh, commercial air conditioning um, what we did before what we were doing at the time and uh, and you know it really kind of 
allowed me to see how things kind of grow and evolve yep. in, the, in the business. And then that's something we're always seeing. We're always seeing that every day and maybe even at a faster clip. Well, and it's, it's interesting talking about Carrier moving to Charlotte. So I'm from the Charlotte market. I actually grew up in a little town called Bryson City in the mountains of North Carolina. My dad was a heating contractor. So I grew up trying to run away from this industry because I was done crawling under houses and crawling in attics. And, you know, it's funny, I ran away from it, even though I worked in the field my whole way through college and I had no debt for school because I worked in the trades. But I just, I didn't want to do this. I actually wanted to be a museum curator. So, so I started. I started my Brought collegiate that full circle. Yeah, I s- totally did. So I started as a history major, and then realized in order to get my doctorate, I had to learn full written and reading capacity of three languages, and I can barely speak English. <laughs> so I said, "There's no way I can do this." So I stumbled into an entrepreneurial business class um, as an elective, and you know, I grew up in a family business, and I watched how we did all these different things, but. I also wanted to know what made it click. And if you go into business management, the majority of what you do is you just you learn how to manage what's already existing. Well, how did we get there? So I got into entrepreneurial business because I wanted to figure out how we got from A to B to C and move on. And from there, and once I got done with that, again, I continued to run away from heating and air. So I sold insurance for about nine months and realized the error of my ways. <laughs> um, and I moved into the distribution market. And I started with a broom in my hand in a warehouse of a Ferguson 13 years ago. And I knew what parts and pieces were. I knew what the equipment was. I just I didn't know how to use their computer system. So kind of as I worked through that, you know, I got got out, got behind the counter, was an assistant branch manager, and then I moved in outside sales a decade ago when I moved to Charlotte. And then I moved to a company earlier this year in Insight Partners selling Bosch, which is kind of how this came full circle. Because before that, I had always been a long-term rude dream guy, which I'm curious to see your dream history. Um, but it's been it's been a whirlwind of a ride. This this trade has done so much for me, and that's why doing this show it kind of helps me. I want to find a way to get other young people involved in this trade. And part of workforce development with AHR going into the local school here, you know, they they get these kids into a trades program, and they the only thing they think they can do is be a service tech or be an installer. And that's not the case. Wholesale distributors need employees. Manufacturers rep need employees. You know, but if you get the basis of the knowledge and understand what you're doing, that makes transitioning to one of these other parts of the industry so much easier. So when we came up here in October to kind of talk to these kids, I said, look, you can go do that. But there's this whole other world out here. And that's one of the biggest reasons we're not seeing more influx is this people don't know about it. You know, I've been a big fan of your podcast, and, and you're always really talking about that. And it resonates with me because I had that opportunity to really start at the bottom and, and work my way through from air conditioning to hydronics to boilers. Um, and we'll talk a lot about that. But you really you really do a good job of really championing that, that, that idea that get into the industry somewhere. There's a lot of places to get in. Yep. And um, yep. whether it, you know whether it's on the labor side of it, um, it or if, if you're not capable of doing that or just don't want to, there's a lot of places to kind of get in the business. But what you're saying is get into it somewhere. There's, there's doors are going to open. Um, the industry is always changing. Things that we did, you know, 25 years ago are, are not being done now. So 
it, it can it can be you know it can be very rewarding uh, i'm a poster child for that but what you're also saying is it can be it can be, you know, pretty sexy. It can be interesting. Yep. It can be technical as, as technical as you want to get. It can be labor intensive as much as you want to do and everything in between. And, and, and I really got to commend you for for really uh, championing that. And, and, you know, you and Dennis have, have always really talked about that. And your, you know, your background really resonates to, um, to what's possible and, and the things that you know how we can all can can contribute to this great industry that we're in on different levels well and and again that's the other big part of you know our show is we want we say trade crew for a reason you know there's there's plenty enough business to go around every distributor doesn't have to stab each other in the back contractors don't have to stab each other in the back if we can find a way to foster a community that is more about developing and all of us becoming better at what we do and having friends you can rely on when you get stuck out in the field. You know what? I don't know how to fix this, but this guy does. I can call him. You know, you grow through a lot of these different things, and, and even you see it in distribution. You know, you see these contractors that just are cutthroat to one another when they don't always have to be. So we really wanted to have a show that was about everybody in this industry can enjoy the fruits of our labor together, and we can all help each other. And if we don't find a way to rise above, you know, competitions down here, collaborations up here. And if you can find a way to be up here with more and more people in your industry, the sky's the limit. Yeah, you said it. You know, I, I would be nowhere um, without co collaboration and patience from some of the old timers. <laughs> Absolutely. That, you know, that I came up with, um, you know, hopefully some are still around. Maybe uh, hopefully they're in happy retirement. But. Uh, you you need those you need those mentors you need and and you, you know you need to also decide right and when it's time for you to be a mentor right and and I think yep. I think a big part of what your podcast really delivers is is that voice um, that that idea that collaboration idea and I think you do it really well I think you, you you really do a good job with that and it's it's really exciting to see where you've taken this and where you're going with this well I appreciate that Sal and. Another thing that's kind of funny is you talk about trying to figure out when it's your time to be a mentor. There is a young kid that works for, for the company where I am, and I remember he sent me a message a couple of weeks ago, and he said, man, I just want to be you when I grow up. And I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm old enough for anybody to say <laughs> that to, but you know, he's 24, so I guess that counts a little bit. Um, and he, he recently had an opportunity to get into our recon division and I said, you know, you said you want to be me when you grow up. I said, the reason I've been successful in a lot of ways in distribution and in sales is because I had the, the background knowledge of what it's like to be the guy in the truck or be the guy in the attic. And I said, this is where you go get that for yourself. Oh, that's great. And I said, put your head down. It's cold. It's hard. It's dirty work. You're going to learn stuff that I don't even know, so you can teach me something too. But go and do it, and then you can find your way back to the distribution side with a whole different set of skills you didn't have before. There's nothing like that experience. Uh, I'm not the most technical guy. Um, I've, I've never installed the equipment that I've been selling all these years, but um, there's nothing like that experience. And if I could maybe change one thing is maybe get some of that experience, that field experience, because boy it really does you're right it, it creates that foundation of you know why are these products designed this way what do they what do they do well what don't they do well what are distributors you know dealing with 
packaging, um, logistics, all that to, to make that project happen. There's a lot behind the scenes that um, it's it's hard to really experience that unless you're kind of in it, you know, and, yep. and that's a yep. big part of the business. It's funny you talk about packaging. That's that's one other of these just crazy things. You look at the <laughs> you look at all the different things you have to get into in this industry. You know, people will talk about how you package equipment. Why did you do it this way? Why did you put shipping dunnage under it? Why did you put this strap there? Why is this screwed to this? So you know, all How of that. Am I going to get to that bolt yeah, behind the yeah, thing? Yeah, that's a whole whole other ball of wax you can get into real quick. Absolutely. So. This is not your. This is your first time doing one of these out Absolutely. here live with us, but it is not your first time hosting things. So I hear you. You host a a great show every Monday called Breakfast with Bosch for you, you and all your rep guys. So tell us a little bit about what you do there. Right. So what what happened was when the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown, um, we lost that communication with our reps. We knew that the reps were losing the opportunity to communicate with distributors and, and contractors. And, um, you know, o- almost overnight, and, and that's, you know, you talk about it a lot in, in, in really how this podcast was created on your end. Yep. Overnight, there was no communication happening. Yep, exactly. And so what we wanted to do, um, my good friend and colleague, uh, Bruce Smith and I, um, what we did was let's, let's do something every you know, every Monday morning um, to just, just kind of kick off the week, let everybody know that, hey, we're still here, you're still there, everybody's still trying to accomplish our goals. And, and I got to tell you, it started with one PowerPoint slide with like maybe three bullet points. <laughs> and we tried to fill up the hour with, um, you know, hey, here's what we're doing, here's new products coming, here's what we're going to do, we're going to Ashray in a few months, you know, all that stuff. And, and, um, and, and we've been very successful over the past couple years to really make it a destination spot for our reps. You know, yep. then they they tune in. If I can't do the show, for for instance, you know, I was traveling, the, you know, I was traveling to come here. And then Monday we were in the booth. And I got to tell you, I get emails and phone calls. How, where's the show? What's going on? When is, you know, and so we've been very fortunate to to really foster this extra layer of communication with our reps to um, to keep that communication open. So even though we're back to being outside and traveling and everything, Breakfast with Bosch has truly become a destination for the reps. I'm, I'm very proud to host that. I try to keep it funny, keep it light, keep it informative. Um, we've explored doing a, a contractor version of that to really get the, the Bosch messaging out to our contractors as well as more of uh, maybe an internal distributor type call to once again keep them informed you know Bosch is a complex organization on on a whole but even if you look at our own home comfort group which is well which is our HVAC division um, we're kind of like three companies in one because we have this this air conditioning and heat pump division or, or business unit we also have boilers and then we have our water heaters, you know. So in a lot of ways, you're you're kind of, you're you know, contractors and distributors are dealing with three companies that, um, you know, we're trying to bring the experience, you know, to to simplify the experience and, and, and act as one company. Obviously, is what we really are. But it can be very complex sometimes. You know, I'm talking to boiler and water heater 
distributors and contractors, my colleagues uh, are talking to maybe AC only contractors. So, yep. you know, um, and if you go to our booth, you'll kind of see us trying to bridge that gap. Yeah. Right? So, but yeah, thank you. Um, Breakfast with Bosch has been very exciting. I'm, I'm very happy to do this. You, you know, I kind of, just like that young man said to you, I kind of want to be you someday. I want to <laughs> do, do what you're doing as well. So, well, you get that a You're lot. welcome anytime. You're welcome <laughs> anytime. Um, and like, like Sal said, you know, the whole reason our show, HVAC R&D, started just a little over three years ago was, you know, I was, I was a sales guy. I had a buddy that was a tech rep. Our offices were side by side. We're used to being out and about in the field. I hate being stuck in an office. And then all of a sudden we couldn't go see, you know, we couldn't go see our friends, our contractors and customers become, you know, a lot of times become your closest friends. And, you know, how do we talk to this, this layer of people that now we have no face-to-face -face interaction anymore? So we, we wanted to, we wanted to develop a show that, you know, was a true podcast. It wasn't video. It was audio so that, you know, the guy driving around in a service van all day or a guy sitting in an office could listen to it while he was doing different things. And we wanted to have fun with the industry as well as, you know, be educational about it. So typically, you know, we get on the show and we crack a beer, which, uh, don't have one, so if anybody at the beer garden wants to bring me a beer, you're more welcome to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as we as we kind of start getting into some more of the meat of the show, I think it's about time to do a giveaway, right? Should we do Absolutely. a should we do it's a first giveaway? Absolutely. Um, so Kristen, my wife up front, has got some tickets. I'm running low on them. We might have to switch to ripped up pieces of paper with numbers on it or something. But if you're interested in a giveaway. Come grab a ticket from her, and then we'll uh, we'll get start giving some of this stuff away up here. Maybe we should uh, tell them what we have for those listening, or when they. So they, yes, when they, for those listening they, that did not make it to the show, uh, we've got some nice HVAC R&D Richardsons, fresh out of the box, some Bosch Home Comfort zip-up hoodies, and then we've also got a couple of self-leveling lasers that we'll be giving away as well. So first round is going to be a hat and a zip up. So what we got? I really like that orange hat. That is really nice. My my daughter goes to Auburn, and then that's that's truly an Auburn orange right there. Oh, it's not a Syracuse orange. Ooh. <laughs> I'm really burn. more for, focused what a on burn. Auburn well, these days. Well, here you want to do the honor, sir. All right, what do we got? Two two six eight five seven. All right. All right. First winner of the session. So, yes, I would say I think that large ought to fit you. Yeah, grab that that and that hat. Right there. Nope. Yep, that and grab the hat right there in front of it. That's yours, too. Take that. A couple of stickers. An orange hat. There it is. And I, ap I apologize if I talk about Auburn too much. I'll, I'll uh, no, that's okay. That's I'll okay. Tone it down a little bit. I'm a, I'm a Tar Heel. That didn't hurt me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can do ACC and SEC up here. It's all right. Okay. It's Sounds all right. good. So you talked about boilers and hydronics. Right. So so let's talk a little bit about boiler and furnace efficiency stuff that's coming down the line for you guys as well for sure. sort of water and you know air. Yeah. Thank you. So you know so let me just take a step back. So here's a carrier guy, air conditioning guy, and. Um, um, you know, careers kind of take weird twists, and I ended up at Wal McLean Boilers. And uh, from Wal McLean Boilers, I went to um, went back to uh, commercial air conditioning with Train, and um, 
and then from there I went to Reem, and I was at Reem. I was I started out as the uh, the tankless um, national sales manager, okay, commercial tankless to be specific, and so um, I have a unique sort of background with AC and um, and hot water um, and in the hydronic. So that's. It's kind of what I'm doing now. Well, it is what I'm doing now. So now I've been at Bosch for about six and a half years, and um, I'm the national sales manager for for the hydronics products, which is once again the boilers, and uh, and water heaters. And as you know, and what you're alluding to is that there's a lot of pressure on combustion products, right? So yes. There's pressure from environmental groups um, that kind of rolls up into pressure on the legislative level right and yep, then absolutely. the government in their infinite wisdom will try to tell us what to do always and and tell us how it should be done even more so <laughs> and uh, and so what we're trying to do is um, you know we have some really really um, big challenges in the combustion uh, area so you know as you mentioned um, what the government likes to do is simply increase the efficiency level right the yep. minimum efficiency yep and so, um, just for those that aren't really up on, on what's happening there, is there's a lot of pressure to uh, to make the minimum efficiency with for gas products 95%. And we'll talk about that, the implications there. And then, you know, a lot of parts of the country still use oil heat. Correct. And um, they're trying to raise that to 88%. Um, which is going to be very difficult for, for all manufacturers. So how do we deal with that? What are some of the things we're doing as a manufacturer? Um, and, you know, and how do we deal with, with all of this is really has, has been the topic of discussion. And what are, and what at the moment kind of are your plans for how you guys start to differentiate yourself in the market as you're being pushed into these different industry standards? Well, one of the thing, one of the things that we're doing industry-wide, I think I can't speak for everybody, but um, you know, we're hoping that some of the legislation maybe slows down um, in terms of implementation. Right now, it's it's a couple years away, so we do we do have some time to adjust. But there's limits to you know physical you know capabilities, the the physics behind the products. For instance, gas condensing products are already at 95%. It's going to be very difficult to get a, a, um, a tank product yep. up to 95%, um, especially if you if you don't want to do condensing or, don't, or choose not to do condensing. So um, we're hoping that the industry and the, and, the, and the governments, the powers that be kind of look at that and, and there's been a lot of discussion on that and maybe slowing some of that down or, or maybe not making it completely um, prohibitive or completely um, one way or the other, right? So there's there should be some wiggle room there. But uh, what manufacturers have to do and what Bosch has done, if you, go, if you go to our booth, we're really trying to bridge that gap between pure electrification and, and, and fossil fuel combustion. And yep. it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, there's some products that sort of bridge that gap that we have today. There's products that we want for tomorrow. And, um, you know, for instance, when you look at oil, um, there's really no way to, to really get to 88% unless you're looking at condensing technology, which has been proven to be very difficult to do with oil. Yep. 
Um, and and it's, it's, it's funny because Bosch is already at 87% efficiency. So maybe we were able to maybe tweak some of our products to get to 88 if that becomes the law. Yep, just eke it out just a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> get back in the lab, right? And yeah, that's figure it. some things out. But, uh, you know, we're kind of fortunate there. But what Bosch has been, what Bosch has really taken the tact of, of trying to just have something for everyone in terms of high efficiency products, yes, but respecting the installed base and respecting the contractor uh, knowledge level and, and, and just being able to service that contractor and, and the ultimate end user, right? Um, with, with products that respect that install base, but also have, um, you know, are looking to the future. So it's, 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 a, it's a juggling act. Um, and and um, I think Bosch is very prepared, uh, probably among all manufacturers, one of the, the manufacturers really prepared for that. And it's it seemed that way. So I've sold Bosch IDS product and residential um, HVAC products for the last 10 months now. And it's it's been one of those products that you've got, you're kind of already walking that fine line between being ready for a lot of things that are changing, but also being prepared to have to make a few other changes. Um, you know, coming over here, it's been completely different in terms of how you look at even the product versus how you sell other brands. You know, I never imagined you could do so many different matchups with seven outdoor units. <laughs> right. Most, you know, most people have seven outdoor units per SEER rating, let alone anything else. And, you know, Bosch IDS covers everything from 15 SEER 2 up into 20 SEER 2, depending on matchups with seven outdoor units, which just blows your mind. We're really proud of taking that leadership position with, with our heat pump technology. We uh, Today, uh, this week, we're, we're displaying our new IDS Ultra, Yep, which um, was one of the winners of the cold climate challenge, cold climate heat pump challenge. And it's it's the technology that goes into that, right? And you got you got to st stop by the booth. I know you have. Um, take a look at the fan blades on that thing. The, yeah. the R&D that's gone into shaping that flat fan blade to to maximize the airflow um, and to keep noise levels down. The technology that all manufacturers are putting into their products is really unprecedented because maybe for better or for worse because of these, these limitations and these challenges that are thrown at us. Well, and you've got even just small little different things that other manufacturers don't do. And one of my favorite things about being on the side that sells Bosch now is I've sold these other big brands, but Bosch marches to the beat of their own drum. And it's it's interesting to see someone that's pushing to take things that way. But when you talk about even the quietness of a unit, things like building pressure before you shift the valve, all these other little different things that keep bringing noise down. You know, people don't even know the stuff's running half the time when you're next to it. That's so true. I mean, you've been at training sessions where the unit's running. Yeah, and, you uh, don't know and it. We can have a conversation just like this with the unit, you know, up here on the stage if we had to, if we if we wanted to. Bosch is in a unique position because of it, because of being a global powerhouse, not only in manufacturing and, and engineering, but specifically in HVAC. We're able to borrow and trade a, around the globe and take what works elsewhere and maybe modify it for the North American market. We're able to test products all over the globe and, and really see how they work in different climates and, and different uh, applications. 
and you know better than most that you know Europe does things very different. So yes. we're, we're able to kind of borrow and learn from there, and then and and by you know vice versa, they learn from us as well. So we're really positioned well to to bring a variety of different products to the market. We're usually going to have some really good successes, but we we're also going to learn from from you know just what works and what doesn't and and i think the contractor distributor and, and homeowner are going to be better off for it well and talking about the the contractor and distributor benefit to a lot of the product what's so interesting with how bosch has gone to market is they're taking the forefront of technology with inverter products but they're putting it in a package that the average everyday contractor can learn on and can understand without it being a major undertaking and changing how they do things. If you look at a lot of other manufacturers, as soon as you go to anything you know, above base SEER, you've got an app on your phone with Bluetooth to commission it, or you have to have a $800 control system to be able to operate this inverter and do all these different things. And the way Bosch is set up is all the brain is in the outdoor unit with an inverter and you can control it with a basic thermostat because everything is done with time and temperature and it takes the guesswork out of it. If you can get past, you know, the, the shock of just seeing a control board that's bigger than usual, it is a night and day game changer of a product. Thank you. Yeah, we're really proud of taking that position and, and going um, in that direction with our design. Yeah. You know, um, we have every manufacturer out there does a ton of training, and we have some we have some really great trainers. You know, your your own partner Dennis is uh, is a big part of that. You know, yep. the, you've heard you've heard him talk about the trailers and the carts, and you know, um, you know, I, I got to give a big shout out to Fred Crick and Dave Fayok and Rick Kincaid and Chaz Karen back at Bosch because they are blanketing the country talking to people every day, twice a day if you let them, because it's so important to, to train to train the contractor, get get the contractor comfortable with the product. And and like you said, make it a, a great experience so that, you know, there's less problems in the field. Less problems mean less less problems for the distributor and homeowner. So when we can incorporate and simplify a very complicated piece of equipment, it's it's something that we are really always going to prioritize. No, and it's it's a huge point to be able to say that. And as we talk about kind of having these these ease of transition products, I know we all know we have a refrigerant change coming, so we have A2L going to R454B. On the hydronic side, I know I've done some training with FHP down in Florida. We went through some of the Bosch product and how they're they're updating things for new refrigerant in the hydronic air handlers. So what are some things there that, you know, have been hurdles and you've found ways to overcome between everything from sensors and other things like that that are now going to be required? It's an incredibly complex undertaking. Um, if we had one factory somewhere, it would be a lot easier, right, yeah. to change tooling, parts, refrigerant. But being a global manufacturer with, with factories on every continent, it's it's very difficult to try to streamline a very complex process. Yep. As, as you said, we've chosen to go 454B. Um, that decision was not something that we just, you know, just woke up on Monday morning and decided to do. There's been a tremendous amount of communication and discussion there. Um, and then that's, that's really the easy part when you really think about it. And then you have to convert all that manufacturing over um, we have 
we have vendor partners that that need to be on board. We have, we, you know, we manufacture for other organizations, other companies. We need to streamline and coordinate and calibrate and, and collaborate there. It's an incredible. I'm just glad I don't have to do it. I, I get the catalog <laughs> and then I get to be the hero out there on the street. But um, it it is an incredible undertaking. We are confident that we will be ready for 2025. Uh, our entire portfolio will be switched over. So we're going to be well positioned once again, and, and we're going to really reward that investment that distributors and contractors have made in Bosch, right? And, and we can't forget and lose sight of that um, and make sure that that contractor and distributor are protected and, and their investment is, is once again secure because it's um it's something that is there's a lot there's there's a lot at stake and it's going to be for our industry it's going to be quite a challenge across the board well and and talking a bit more about going to 454b looking at how they've changed you know gwp requirements down to 700 some of the other manufacturers are going with a different refrigerant that's in the high 600s my only guess is that whenever they change refrigerants again you know, what are they going to lower it to? So if they lower it to 500, you know, most everybody is still in good shape, but some other people won't be. So I've, I've always been curious if some of that even played into trying to think long-term, if we're going to switch refrigerants, how can we be in a position to hopefully get through at least a longer-term transition with how they're changing the way they regulate it? There, there's, a, there's a lot of discussion in there, and there's a tremendous amount of planning and strategy that, that really goes into that. And you're right, we're trying to sort of look into, the, into our crystal ball and then see where the new changes are going to come. And it's, 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 it's very complicated. We, we, you know, everybody has some really smart people to, to look at that and try to, um, you know, try to... Um, predict what's going to happen and position ourselves well because as you know i mean everybody knows that you just can't turn on a dime you can't change your manufacturing no, no you cannot your suppliers um and you know there's also of course everybody's concerned about sell-through right and, and yep and all of that but um you know it really it, it's something also you know there's there's a lot of money being spent in washington there's a lot of smart people talking to, to smart people and um you know, a big part of it is really looking at, you know, getting back to hydronics and, and some of the efficiency levels there is really having, hopefully having those those conversations where we can be logical and reasonable. Um, we all have, you know, a, the end goal in mind, different yep. pathways to get there. But there's also a lot of that, you know, hey, when are these rules really going to effect? You know, when is it? You know, I mean, if I'll, re I'll bring it back to the days of dry R22 units, right? And yep. And how that really extended the timeline of of product uh, much longer than any of us probably would have predicted. No, I agree with that. I remember selling dry 22 units when I first got into wholesale, and I was, all I could think is, is this really what we're doing? <laughs> I, I didn't. I just. I didn't understand it. I understood it to a point with some commercial stuff, but I just felt like if you were going to start selling dry twenty two, you were doing nothing but a disservice to a homeowner. Right. Right. <laughs> so but, you know, crazy things happen. You know, and and, and all sorts of compromises um, will happen. You know, getting back to combustion equipment, for instance, there's. You know, we are going to use our inverter technology and some of that product to displace the combustion uh, component once again there's a limitation to the physics behind it 
But what's really exciting and interesting is, is alternative <laughs> fuels and, and um, maybe looking at um, hydrogen. And, and I don't mean a product that runs on 100% hydrogen, but hydrogen injection into the utilities. Uh, for a cleaner burning, perhaps um, less fossil fuel um, dependent fuel. Uh, Bosch has really taken some leadership position there where most of our products, there's products in the booth today that are hydrogen ready. Oh, okay. And so, you know, you might see, you know, just like you saw with um, biofuel, biodiesel coming into uh, the heating um industry and and now you can get a, a cast iron boiler that uses b100 so that's a hundred percent biofuel you're gonna see uh, maybe h10 h20 being thrown around and and, and i did you know where where the municipalities will be injecting hydrogen into the existing natural gas pipeline um, and then products will have to be ready for that so we're once again we're taking a leadership position to try to once again, look at the crystal ball and try to position ourselves well if that becomes an eventuality of some kind where every unit comes with a propane orifice, a hydrogen orifice, et cetera. So it's it's really a guessing game, and, and we just hope to uh, place our bets in, in the right places. Well, and I think the speed of how fast regulation has started to change. You know, the first five or six years I was in the wholesale side, nothing changed. And then in the last six, we've had all kinds of change, and we've got even more coming. So, so like you said, it's kind of a point and shoot and hope you shot in the right direction. Um, we're, a lot of times we're throwing darts at a board, and, um, you know, the, you're right. Change is so much quicker now. Um, when, I, when I got into the industry, R134A was, was brand new yeah. for HVAC. And um, R123 and R, R22 were, you know, it was like they were going to be phased out tomorrow and half of my career they were still around so it's yep nowadays that's gone you know change will happen very quickly we're always going to try to maybe um have those logical conversations to slow it down and, and and go at a pace that makes sense for the industry for the homeowner especially the homeowner is somebody that really gets hurt when regulations change so quickly yep every time and, and, I, and I don't think we're always looking at the needs and wants of that homeowner, but um, we have to do what we have to do. And it's like you said, just placing the right bets at the right time and hoping for the best. Well, and, and talking about that, how do you feel, you know, this continued decarbonization push is going to change hydronics going forward residentially and for the commercial market, especially with I know we're going to see some things be very different with VRF. I feel in a lot of ways we should see a resurgence of hydronics, I think, at least for a temporary period. What do you think when it comes to that? I agree. I think I think hydronics will, will benefit a lot from um, inverter technology creeping into into uh, into that into that space. Air to water, you know, heat pumps that will replace boilers. I think uh, I think hydronics hydronics will be around for a much longer time. Oh, absolutely. Thing, and, and you're right. You know, when you look at VRF versus hydronics, there's a lot of pros and cons there. I think hydronics has sort of uh, a running head start because there's so many. It's been used for so long, and there's so many applications that we fully understand. There's contractor. The contractor base fully understands 
hydronics. VRF is a, certainly an exciting alternative. Um, it lends to applications that hydronics simply can't do, but I think we're going to kind of bounce around there a little bit. Um, and, and once again, you know, Bosch needs to have products that can, you know, um, be at both application scenarios because the, the worst thing a manufacturer can do is put all their chips in one place and then hope that becomes the, the way to go. What type of additional products, I know we've talked a lot about efficiencies and other different things, but what else are you looking at hydronics-wise to kind of differentiate in the changing market with these all these different changes? It's a, it's a cliched word. It's uh, thrown around a lot, but there's going to be a lot of hybrid technology, you know, and, and hybrid will mean different things to different people. Yep. You know, if you, if you stop by the booth um, this week, you'll see our, our new hybrid water heater. And that's, you know, once again, looking at different ways to, to utilize our heat pump technology um, in, on the hydronics level. Um, what, what the cold climate challenge has really taught all of us is that, you know, possibly there could be that, that air to water boiler someday. Um, now, it might not get up to 180 degrees like we can do easily today. Maybe we're going to be limited to about 135, 140 degrees. But... Um, getting back to hydronics and hydronics applications, we fully understand how to do that. You know, you, you're not going to be able to do that with a cast iron radiator, you know, from 1925, but certainly with new design, new, new, uh, new products that we haven't even seen yet, um, we're gonna, going to be able to have those hybrid products that really dip their toe into electrification, but maybe have their roots and DNA in the hydronics market your radiant flooring etc etc so it's going to be really exciting to kind of look at where the market goes and um and i think the lines are going to be blurred between what's really air conditioning and what's boilers well and that was that was going to be right? my next question is you know again how do you start you know you've got what looks like three divisions at this point through the home comfort group but the more we get pushed efficiency-wise, it's kind of just making it to where you have less and less and less different, you know, different products in some ways. So it starts to push it all together. You're so right. Even even yesterday, customers were coming into the booth and they, and they were saying, "Well, who's going to sell this?" Yep. Because is is it, hey, is it your product or is it the AC guy's product? You know. So you're absolutely right. I think um, we're going to have to deal with that and. It's it's you know it's it, it can be scary for some people you know if you if you're looking at you know you're going from a traditional water heater to now this thing has a refrigeration circuit on it yep. oh my god how am I going to deal with that you know so once again it really comes down to education and 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 really you know what all manufacturers do is we can move so quickly with research and development that we can sometimes outpace the entire industry. Yep, I can see that. And then, and then contractors, distributors are struggling to sort of, you know, kind of catch up with it in effect from a standpoint of the technology being so different. And I think that's what you're talking about, you know, whereas a water heater in the past, you know, connect gas and, and cold and hot water to it. Well, now you have other things to consider. You know, the heat pump water heater has uh, a condensate drain on it, right? Yep. You know, and it's not the same condensate drain that a tankless water heater has, and here's the difference there. So once again, we're gonna have to rely on, on really educating the, um, the, the industry as much as we can, and all the good manufacturers do a phenomenal job 
of, of really raising the bar and raising the knowledge level across the board. Well, and it's, we, I know we continue to jump around bits and pieces, but as I think of things, I have to ask. So one of my favorite things about the tankless water heater line is that it's set up to where if you pull a tank out, it's pretty easy to put tankless back in. Now, where did that come from? Was that a contractor idea? Was that a research and development idea? Or was that kind of looking forward knowing that we're going to get pushed out of tanks at some point and you know that you're going to be replacing loads of them? You want to have a product that can make it more of a seamless transition to go after that, that different plumbing contractor. It's a very good question and a great observation. There's a tremendous of, tremendous amount of R&D that goes into making that transition as, as easy as possible. Quickly, efficiently, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and the winners in, this, in that game really incorporate those features into the product. And, and we, um, we do a, tr a tremendous amount of research and feedback from the marketplace to to really understand what those contractors are you know are are up against you know and i i i told you i re i revealed earlier that i've never done that part of the business right yeah. so um we really truly need our, our installation partners our contractors and plumbers to really give us that feedback and tell us when we mess up tell us when we screw it up and and we'll try always try to fix it because you're right, it's it's the the winners will will be able to incorporate those features and benefits that the contractor wants, and unfortunately, I mean, admittedly, you know, we we sometimes don't listen as much as we possibly can. But I will say, one again, one of these things where Bosch beat or marches to the beat of their own drum. I've seen stuff, Dennis has seen stuff, where contractors have found something they think's a little strange. We ask some questions, and it goes up the chain, and we've actually seen, you know, these this contractor feedback start to make changes with the factory, and you don't see that most of the time. So it's, it's nice to be able to see that you guys are constantly listening to what's coming out of the field to make it a more improved product. Well, thank you for saying that. It's it's something we really focus on. We want to bring people in uh, yep. to our facilities. We we're constantly, um, you know, looking at that feedback loop. We're out there in the fields. Um, we're at training. Uh, you know, training classes are are such a great breeding ground for that conversation to happen, and it can either stop at that training session and just become a conversation. Yep. Or it can roll up all the way to, to our engineers and to the, the manufacturing facilities. And that's what we really try to do. If we can simplify and open those lines of communication, and it sounds like we've been successful for the most part, it's, it's really vital. You know, when you talk about IDS, IDS 1.0 was a great product. Yep. It we stopped there. No, well, it unfortunately, the path to market in some ways I don't think enough contractors really got educated about what it was and how they could use it. So true. And it caused it caused some backlash at first because it was being put into situations that weren't necessarily what it was designed to do. And it and it saw a lot of, of initially it saw some negative feedback, but as you guys have taken all of that from the market, 2.0 is completely different. And it's made it to where you can solve so many more problems now in different ways than we could before. Right. So you see all of that stuff coming out of the field. And again, you don't see that for most manufacturers. 
We, we've been very fortunate to be nimble enough to do that. You know, you talk about IDS 2.0, another great product, and IDS 2.0 connected, uh, brought along a lot, a lot more features and benefits. And now IDS Ultra, or some people might call it IDS 3.0, but IDS Ultra has even more, you know, more features and benefits incorporating our, our BCC 100 thermostat to unlock additional features. Yep. Um, so, like you said, you know, it, it can run um, with any any thermostat, or when you when you incorporate the Bosch thermostat, it truly unlocks features and benefits. But when you look at it, in the past six years, we went from IDS 1.0 to now the Ultra that we're showing today. So, yep. what's what is it going to look like next year? You know, next uh, next Expo, right? And, and that really, when you're moving that fast, you really need to do it with a, a, you know an ear to the ground to know that hey does the market really need or want this stuff you know and uh before we invest a billion dollars that is such a good point <laughs> there's there's so much fluff product there's so much fluff product sorry product people out here listening <laughs> to me but but there is there, there's a lot of times where i feel there's a lot of this fluff product so so seeing things get streamlined and move down the chain is is really interesting to see and and speaking of interesting things to see should we do another giveaway absolutely yes there's should we do another giveaway people uh, uh, do you have any tickets here? left you're probably out all right um hmm what do you say trivia question Ooh. oh wow i might screw this one up but we could try it should we do the what was the the first year there was a bosch patent is that a good one Oh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Bosch uh, creates, right now, Bosch is creating three patents a day on average. Jeez. So uh, I don't know when that all started. but um, So if, so. How about just a personal trivia question? Does anybody Ooh. remember the city I grew up in? I mentioned it several times and then. We talked about anybody. Our, nobody was here. Nobody yet. was here back then. All right, so we're gonna move on. Okay. Uh, Syracuse, by the way. Yep, Syracuse. Yeah. The other orange. The other orange. Let's see. What's another good question? Ah, what is Bosch's booth number at this convention? Hmm. Or any number in the booth number. Yeah. Yeah. So There's what a number is that's th in there three times? Don't. Don't. Hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Good. That's very good. That's right. Excellent. See? That is correct. Sir, come claim uh, your prize. <laughs> S8188 for South Hall. Oh, middle section. And you, yeah. The, you, get, you, you get the leveler. You get the hoodie. Is that, that going to work for you? The 2X. Double XL. Excellent. Now, beautiful. Now, green now, do you want the you hoodie? want the the black one or you want the orange one? Which one you want? You take whatever you want, man. That green hoodie is gonna match your T-shirt very well. Dollar signs. We're gonna do a Q and A as well. Yeah, yeah, let's Go do ahead. it. Go Question. <laughs> Great question. Great That's question. A very good question. So, so if you didn't hear, um, you know, sometimes people will text will come to the training center, sit in the back, and maybe they're a little shy and they're not going to ask questions and then just kind of walk away. 
You know, our, our trainers um, try to make training fun, you know. And by making it fun, Fred Crick, Dave Fayok, they, if you see these guys, they're putting on a show for you. And, and they can really elicit um, questions. And they'll reach out to you and say, hey, you know, what do you think about what I just said about, you know, um, reading the pressure gauges, you know. So that's that's something that um, I think we do really well to pat ourselves on the back. And it, But you're, you're, it's a very good question. It's very important because it's a waste of time if somebody comes to the training class and walks away and they have 25 questions they were afraid to ask. Um, and uh, it's something that happens a lot. You know, also keeping the training classes relatively small, 25 is a magic number. And when you, when you have 25 uh, individuals in there, it's maybe a little easier to have those conversations. And then you throw in a couple coffee breaks and you, you, know, you go back to the back row and you say, hey, what do you think about this product? You know, are we full of hot air or is this something that you know, is, is, is an informative? So it's a good question. And I would urge anybody who's listening to ask, ask those questions. And I always say, and I, I didn't make this up, you've heard it a million times, if you have a question, 10 other people have that same question and they don't want to ask. So be a hero and ask the question. And there's no stupid questions. I think the other thing, too, is is we have to continue to, I don't know if evolve is the right word, but I think it kind of is. You kind of have to evolve or dissolve, as we say on this show. But when it comes to training, you have to look at doing things a little bit different. It can't always be eight hours of, as we call it, death by PowerPoint. <laughs> That's, you'll, you'll lose them real quick. So I think incorporating, you know, incorporating breaks, incorporating open questions, but also incorporating running live equipment because most trainings don't have that. And if you want to learn the most about how to do anything with a product, you got to pop the hood. You're so right about that, and, and that's something that Keystone does really well, that Dennis does really well, and uh, that Bosch does really well, is, is bringing the equipment into the room. Hey, come on up here. Let's, let's see what happens when we uh, disconnect this wire, and how do we fix it, and how does, that, how does the unit react, and, and let's look at how it reacts to a, a different set point. And, and that can really explain how the product works. And, and you're right, there's nothing like that hands-on learning and um, we're lucky to have some products that uh, you can do that with. IDS, for instance, you could plug into two different wall outlets, right, to get, yep. uh, you know, to get the power requirement you need and, and run that thing uh, in the training room. Not easy to do a boiler that way or nope. a water heater, but IDS really lends itself to that. Our, our split system, our inverter ducted split system is called IDS, and it's, it's a good example of uh, bringing that product into the classroom. So... An we can talk a little bit about product too. So IDS obviously is inverter ducted split. You also have IDP, which is an inverter um, ducted package unit, which I believe, if I'm not correct, you were the first person that came out with an inverter package heat pump. Yes, we were very proud to bring that, that inverter technology into a packaged heat pump. And uh, there's one in the booth. Um, I know if you're listening, you, it'll be too late to see that. But look, look at the IDS, uh, look at the IDP to be more specific. It's a, it's a, it's a great product, um, great technology, and in, in a sort of an old box. Well, so you've got, and you've got two different ranges of it. So you brought out the 15 seer, which gives us a much more price point conscious um, inverter heat pump that we can use. It's set up for high static. It's got, it's got even more bells and whistles in some cases than the 18 seer. But it has, you know, self-regulating blowers, which is also a really interesting thing to see. 
But where I've also started to see interesting different capabilities for that 18 sear is since it can go downflow, we've had situations where, you know, lead times on a five ton, three phage package unit is God knows when. It's ridiculous. So we've had a lot of cases where we've, you know, put that thing on a curb on top of a yoga studio or something small, but they only have the you know, need for capacity part of the day. And we're putting, we're dropping a leg of power and we're putting a single phase five ton inverter on these small commercial projects and it's making night and day difference for people. What, what an incredible, I think you would agree, an incredible upgrade. Yes. To to what was there before, right? Both in, in, as far as efficiency goes, but for that comfort level for yep. dehumidification for instance so we're having a lot of luck like you said in those like commercial projects that you know we're you know we're in that range i would love to see i don't really make the decisions in case you haven't noticed <laughs> but um i don't make the decisions i'd love to see a larger idp you know to maybe uh, really impact that light commercial well and you've got some segment. some big package stuff on the hydronic side through FHP that you guys build which I did not realize you built up to a 60 ton hydronic package unit that was nuts to see that when I was in Florida um, but also you guys are continuing to push the you know push the envelope with what you're doing with mini splits so a lot of the new climate 5000 mini split stuff that's coming out all the Walmart units now have, you know, a magnet filter. You can pop the filter off, go clean it. You've got two latches and a screw, and you can take out a whole blower assembly, clean it, go put it back in. No one else is doing that with mini splits. So you're continuing to come out with products that are not only more beneficial to the homeowner, but they're much more beneficial to the contractor because he can do and perform the maintenance they have to perform at a much quicker and faster and more efficient level. So it's, it's changing things completely. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's, it's been really exciting. You know, um, I think if you went back six, seven years and you talked about a Bosch mini split, that, you know, you'd, you'd see question marks, right? So um, to come this far so quickly and to really be a, a force in that market is, is, is exciting. The heads are compatible. You can't get the wrong head. You can't accidentally pick up the wrong head. Um, and so we've, we've tried to incorporate a lot of features like that. Once again, listening to that contractor, listening to how the homeowner's experience is affected by how we design the product and how the what the contractor can do with that product. So, and well, like excited. you said, backwards compatibility. So you could run up on, let's say it's a two head mini split that's six years old and you've got a bad wall mount, you can go buy a generation three wall mount and go slap that sucker on the wall and it's gonna work just fine. No one else is doing that either. No one else is doing that. You'd be faced with trying to replace the entire system. Um, and, and, and yeah, yes, it's yeah. on display at the booth yep. was the question. Yes, it's on yep. display at the booth. Scott yep. by. What's that booth number again? 8188 that's right so uh that's been that's been super exciting and once again just our our, our true dedication to innovative products and, and reimagining some of the stuff that's out there and as we continue that i'll keep going i'll keep throwing your product out there for you <laughs> so this summer you also launched an up in, an in-ceiling air handler for starting to look at larger commercial potential opportunities you also released a wall mount for a multifamily application which when you match that wall mount with the ids 15 
which is their, their regular standard, that thing is still going to rate out 16 seer. And right now, as far as I know, it is the only multifamily matchup that'll rate Energy Star. And states like South Carolina, where I am, are starting to have a big push into going all Energy Star and all their multifamily. So some of these things that Bosch is changing, you're going to start, you know, it's not going to be a Goodman-dominated market in multifamily anymore. There's going to be a lot of changes with things that are coming. So that Energy Star push nationwide is about to be even bigger than we saw before. Yeah, thank you for saying that. That was, um, there's been a lot of strategy in that. Bosch is a very highly recognized consumer brand, right? Um, across the board, power tools, automotive appliances. And so we're able to leverage that brand name with the right partners, the right contractor partners to really impact that multifamily space. So it's, it's entirely possible to have a project that is all Bosch. Yes. From the climate control to the, uh, the appliances to the water heater. Um, I want to mention that our, our hybrid water heater is called the Greentronic 7000T. Oh, nice. A lot went into that, so the marketing team will kill me if I don't mention that at the very least. So it's well, the they're, not, they're not here 7000. anymore. They walked away. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I did see them walk away, but they will listen to this. Um, that's in our booth, too, the Greentronic 7000T, our Green Therm tankless water heater. Um, our electric um, tankless water heaters, the 6100 series. The point is, is that a contractor um, that is in our loyalty program, which we call Bosch Home Comfort Pro, a Bosch Home Comfort Pro can really deliver quite a lot to a project, and Bosch as a company can really uh, deliver a lot to that to that homeowner. And it's a brand that they know and they've trusted over many decades. you want to do another giveaway? Yeah, we can. Why not? Who else have we got new? We got to think of a new trivia question. I have a trivia question. What was Robert Bosch known for? What got him into the business? Does anybody know? I'll give you a hint. It's related to automotive. He got into manufacturing through the automotive business in Stuttgart, Germany. Yes, sir. He invented the spark plug. Yes. That's he right. He invented the spark plug. Very good. So, so come on down, my friend. Come on down. So we have a uh, Bosch self-leveling cross-line laser. Yep. A, oh, nope. Don't forget gorgeous, this. Don't forget gorgeous this. green Oh, yeah. That, that whole thing's you, buddy. <laughs> so uh, another great winner. And, uh, and thank you. So, yeah, Bosch uh, in the 1800s, mid-1800s. Um, got started um, in the business, in the automotive business. He, incidentally, this is a piece of trivia few people know, he was an intern for Thomas Edison. Okay. So he spent time in the United States, and uh, when he went back to Germany, he was the first one to have a phone in his, in his hometown. <laughs> I don't know who he was calling because nobody else had one. <laughs> but uh, he had one of the first phones in his hometown. So a little bit of trivia for our founder, Robert. Well, he just he had a cocktail party and everyone came over and they hoped they got a phone call. <laughs> Must have been super long distance, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's Whoever right. they were calling. So Imagine what that cost. So you talk, again, you know, Bosch obviously is a high-end appliance company. But I feel like they take that mindset into even how they they put their heating and air equipment together. So you buy a Bosch furnace 
and you get everything you need with it. You're not buying hose kits separate. You're not buying LP kits or any of that stuff separate. They put it in the box. If you need it, you use it. If you don't, recycle it. Save it for the next one. Um, but you guys make sure that when the contractor is going out there, those little piddly things that always end up being the second trip to the wholesale house, in most cases, don't happen. That's the key, you know, once again, making that experience as beneficial as possible, making it profitable. It all comes down to money, you know. Um, our our uh, green therm tankless water heater doesn't require a flush kit. That's something that's easy to forget. You leave the supply house. Uh, I forgot to pick up the flush kit. Let's send, the, you know, send Jimmy back to pick it up. There's an hour and a half. He's going to stop by. Burger King drive-through and make his way back. So, you know, there's two hours there, two hundred fifty dollars an hour. You just, you know, you, now there's a lot of money. So, yep. Um, you know, one thing that one thing about Bosch that people don't know, I bet nobody here knows this, is that we have a whole division that makes manufacturing equipment, right? So, we look at it from a, a completely vertical way in terms of. How do we design something to make it? How do we design the machinery to, to make the product? How do we design the machinery to package the product? There's a whole packaging division. And so all of that really goes into as much of the product as we can. So in a lot of cases, you're buying a, a Bosch product put together with Bosch tools in a Bosch factory designed by Bosch. Um, and you know, so you know, we're in automotive parts and that sort of thing. But we're also in the manufacturing part of, of uh, the automotive business as well. So we we have a big hand in designing how things are manufactured. And we're always going to be smart about it and manufacture the product the way it should be manufactured um, with using the latest state-of-the-art technology. So latest and greatest. That does not mean we are exempt from price increases. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, Bosch is... Uh, like any other company, um, struggling with, you know, especially being a global organization, sourcing products from around the world, not only from a manu manufacturing standpoint, but all the parts that go into manufacturing. We have tremendous exposure to every economic condition. Absolutely. From, from wars to embargoes to um, shortages, few, um, you know, fuel issues, transportation you know, a ship being stuck in the Suez Canal for a week. Yep. Um, no fresh water to run the Panama Canal efficiently. A lot of, a lot of, you know, global calamities really uh, affect us. And even if we do have multiple price increases, we're still locking ourselves into a price structure, right? Yep. Whether it's three weeks, three months, or a year, and there's a, a tremendous gamble that goes into that. And, and I'll say this, and I'll take the bullet for the, the wholesalers. Everyone's going to get a price increase, whether you're a distributor, you're a contractor. And unfortunately, that is, that is the nature of the business. It doesn't do you guys any good to go, you know, pull the roof down on your distributor's head because it's not something they asked for, but it's something that happened because of market conditions. It's the same thing when you go to market as the contractor to the homeowner. Unfortunately for them, the homeowner ends up being who bears the weight of an increase. But as a contractor, you have to look at it for yourself as you got a little bit of a raise. It's the only way you can look at it because it has to be fair. Everyone else is dealing with the exact same increase you are in one way or another. So you can't let that 
you know, bogged down. In a lot of cases, most people are getting increases right now. But you can't let that bog down and being frustrated with the fact that you're getting one. It's going to happen. It's the nature of the business. It happens every single year. Learn to just build it into the price, and you got to move on. I hate to say it. People don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You, it's part of the industry, and it's going to happen. It's well said. It's, uh, I think you nailed it. It's how you deal with it, how you react to it, and, and how you can maybe use it to your advantage. Yeah. Well said. Well, any other questions as we're starting to kind of wind it down a little bit? I know we've had a couple of questions from the crowd. Anything from anybody? Anything? Anything? Going once, going twice? That's true. Correct. And that's that's a huge point. I know a lot of people may not have heard it, but, you know, an increase, but having a product that has value into it and guys getting the training and all the things they need, that helps offset those costs to the homeowner, to the contractor, by having guys that know how to do it right the first time. Because in most cases, all the reason we do training is we're trying to help eliminate all the callbacks that you guys get. Not just us, but we don't want you to have callbacks. I want you to call me tomorrow and need another system for somebody else's house. I don't want you to have to call me and say, hey, we put this furnace in yesterday and it's a piece of crap. Let's go fix it. You know, so it's it, it's a very good point. You know, the, the comment is, you know, hopefully you're, you're getting what you're paying for. And, yep. and that's that's the decision you need to make when you're choosing a manufacturer and a distributor is hopefully, you know, Look, as a manufacturer, we don't do price increases willy-nilly just because we can, we can. We're looking at the data. We're looking at the analytics. We're trying to protect the quality of the product. We don't want to cut corners. Um, and, and, and your point is very valid. You know, a contractor needs to do that as well, right, and, and work with good quality vendors, good quality distributors, and hopefully that value is maintained along the way. I think that's what you were saying. Well, and... Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So we've, yeah. yeah. No, I've not seen anyone else that does it either. Yep. <laughs> so the comment was the clear collector box is something that maybe we should be proud of. And, and thank you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Oh, that's green true. to red LEDs. Red being easier to see on a sunny day. Very good. Very good. And I don't know if we planned it that way or if that was accidental. I don't really know. I'll find out for you. Well, and if and if you're <laughs> and if you're looking for a product you can spray and coat that so it doesn't disappear in a couple of years. Our guest yesterday, uh, Mr. Brian from AC Products, he is S8695. So when you're done at the Bosch booth, go right around the corner and see our buddy Brian. He's got, he's got some pretty cool stuff that, you know, he's using it as a protectant to actually make Bosch an even more, you know, overall long-term product for customers. So go check him out. He's got some really cool stuff. 
And for the same reasons, always wear sun sunscreen. Yes, always wear sunscreen on the roof. Sunglasses, protect the eyes. Uh, <laughs> eyes are very important, you're right. Make sure you have UV, where is it? Um, polarized. Polarized. Yes, polarized. Yes. I also saw a, a social post the other day. It's also important if you're in Florida going to Florida heat pump training because there might be a gator in the water next <laughs> to the highway, and without those polarized lenses, you don't know they're there. you got to be able to see past the, the surface of That's the water. That's it. That's yeah. it. So any other questions, everybody? All right. So... I will start to wrap us up a little bit. We'll be up here for just a little bit. If you got any Q&A, please. Oh, yep, go for it. Is it an A? Well, if it's an A, I don't know if they are yet because all those are being phased out. I know I've sold through the 20-seer BVAs that I had in Charlotte, so we have now moved everything to a BVB. So it will come connected. We do and have heard, and I'll use him to back me up on this if I'm right or wrong. They are going to start making it to where all the lines will be able to be communicating if they want, but they don't have to be. I've heard some, some rumors of that coming in the future. Um, nothing will have to be. So that, that I can say yes. But it will have the option if you want it potentially as they, they start going into the new, I guess, what would be 3.0 is what we're calling? Yeah, the 3.0 or the, uh, the Ultra <coughs> is going to unlock some really great features when you choose to go connect it. I don't know if that will be backwards compatible. I, I don't know at this point. Any other question? And you can come grab a hat, brother. You've done nothing but sit here and talk, so you come... Yeah, you can get you one. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice. You stopped by yesterday and picked up a hat already. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. Thanks, Dustin. Grab some stickers, too. Grab a handful of stickers. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Well, Rod and I, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Yeah, All absolutely. the work you're doing. It's been great to uh, spend this time with you and, and spend the past couple of days with you. And uh, I really appreciate it from everybody at Bosch. And thank you for um, helping us get the product out there and get the education out there as well. Thank well, you. absolutely. I appreciate it. You guys have been so good to me since I joined the distribution side of the Bosch team. Um, and it's been a great product to learn and convert contractors that I've known for a long time to a product that they can trust moving forward for many, many more years. So it's it's been a fun process. Again, everybody, thank you for listening. I am Ryden Atzenhofer known as HVAC Rhino on Instagram. This is HVAC R&D Podcast. You can find us on anywhere online on Instagram and TikTok as HVAC.R&D. You can also find us on LinkedIn, TradeHounds, and Facebook as the HVAC R&D Podcast. Please go and follow us. Please go and follow Bosch at Bosch Home Comfort USA. And if you're not listening to the show every week, you can go find us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, or any of about 20 other streaming platforms. Please find us, follow us, like and rate the show, leave us a review, share us with your trade crew. And if you want to work with us, please reach out to us through the website, hvacrnd.com. You can also get there, go to the swag shop, and use discount code AHR for 25% off any of the products. And I will leave that running until these shows go out. So you got a month or so to get in there and get you some stuff. And if you need anything else, please just reach out. Thank you so much for listening. And hope you guys have a great rest of your show while you're out here in Chicago.
Lack of Bosch. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Peace.